the anger, the hate, the despair, the, the loneliness, the, just the feeling that you're not worthy. You have to learn those soft skills one way or the other. And if you don't, you're never going to really grow because you're going to get stuck in the closet and you're not going to make it out of the closet. Who you know is what gets you hired more than what that piece of paper says. I'm Toby Buckaloo, and you're listening to Tech Legacies Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Tech Legacies video podcast, where we chat with technology executives and business leaders as they share their career stories, tips, advice, and lessons learned along their career. So Toby, thank you for joining us today on the video podcast for Tech Legacies. I've known you for how many years now? I'd say probably like four or five years. Uh, right? At least five. Yes, yes. We both met each other at the Association of Business Technology Professionals. And um, over the years, I've just kind of like watched your career and really always appreciated your advice and leadership. Um, and along the way, let's kind of explore your career, right? Um, along the way, what would you say was kind of like a key piece of advice that you've gotten that was really pivotal to your career in technology? Oh, that goes way back to the late 80s. <laughs> I was a young man living in Germany and I went to high school there, a military brat, and found, uh, what am I going to do after high school? And my, my career dreams didn't pan out. Um, stuck overseas, nowhere to go, lucked into a job, right place, right time. And my first boss stepped in when I made the biggest, stupidest mistake a young man can do who had no idea what he was doing anyway. And yeah, basically saved me. But he told me, you have to take care of good people. And later, a few years later, when I was back here in the United States, I had someone else give me the same piece of advice, just a little more dramatic. He said, hire rock stars. The best people you can find. They'll make you look amazing. Stay away from the idiots. And, but he was right. Uh, the best thing for me in my career was make sure I found the best people, made sure I grew people. They may not know everything I want them to know, but if they had the right drive and ambition, they can be anything I want them to be. They can be the best they can be. And that helped me through my career because people looked at me like that. And it was a chance for me to look back at other people and help them grow in their careers for them to be successful. Because if they were successful, I was successful. And how do you make those kind of hiring decisions? As you build out your teams, you've been a CIO, chief technology officer across your career. Sometimes it's just so hard to find those key people or they might excel at an interview and be rock stars during the interview, but then it doesn't pan out. Any learning lessons from, from that hiring process? The hiring process just is no good, let's face it, um, because you can pay someone to coach you for an interview. You can pay someone to give you a great profile, a great resume, but it doesn't change who you are as a person. So in an interview, yeah, the, the, the tech skills, the hard skills, you can teach that to anybody. So really what I'm looking for in somebody is, how are they as a person and what motivates them? If I give them those situational questions, how are they going to react? What tells me that they really know how to learn? They really know how to grow. They're really committed to growing themselves personally and professionally because if they're growing themselves professionally, they're good for me. If they're growing themselves personally, 
they're good for them, which makes them good for me because they have a way to balance out their life and be relaxed and not bring that stress into the, the work environment or bring the work environment out because that's just negative on both sides. So those interviews, I'm looking for that person who is showing the right skills on the hard side, but the soft skills as a human being to show that they're vulnerable, they're willing to learn, they're willing to take direction, they're willing to try something new. And that's really what's most important to me. It's almost counterintuitive that even though we're in technology and techni technical skills are so crucial, but from what you're saying, it's those soft skills that are the, the key differentiators, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, think about it. And it used to be you got into technology because you're a geek, let's face it. Um, in fact, one of the first things I ever did with no, you was, a, was geek. a geek meet. Um, uh, to talk about a, a geeky happy hour, but that was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, but you got in technology because you liked it. You were a geek. But most people in technology were introverts. Mm. They didn't have to deal with people. They could deal with the machinery, the technology, and they understood what was going to happen. They didn't have to worry about personalities and being this way and how to have those soft skills. So through the 70s and 80s and even 90s, the people skills weren't really a requirement unless you were a manager. And even that was a troublesome thing because you're still expected to be a technology person. Today, that's not the case. Technologists today have to have those soft skills. They have to have those people skills. So even introverts, which believe it or not is me, mm -hmm. I'm an ambivert. I'm somewhere in that, that range, but I used to be the pure introvert. You have to learn those soft skills one way or the other. And if you don't, you're never going to really grow because you're going to get stuck in the closet and you're not going to make it out of the closet. You're going to be stuck with what we call the code totes. Those people who sit behind the glowing monitors in the dark all day long. How do you develop those skills, though? Like, how do you develop things like leadership and communications and all those kind of key skills that are needed to be a manager if they're being promoted based on their skills or their their experience? Oh, you mean all those things they don't teach you, but they want you to know automatically, yeah. right? So let's uh, talk about that. It's those great things when you, you promote someone to visit old, uh, I think one of the Dale Carnegie books actually talks about this in the 50s or 60s. The best salesman in the country, they make him a manager. He fails. They think he fell apart and they fire him. Right. He was just outside of his zone. He, he, wasn't, he didn't have the skills, didn't have the training, didn't have the experience. So as leaders, our job is to recognize when someone has potential and make sure we give them those skills and the training. Uh, one of the guys that used to be on my crew a couple of companies ago uh, was speaking to me a few uh, a few weeks ago, actually. And he's frustrated because he's now a manager taking care of people, and no one's ever taught him how to manage people. Yes. And when he worked for me, he was a, a, a cloud engineer. Great, but that was years ago. And so over the last years, we, we taught him all the skills to, to grow his skill set. But now the next step was learn how to take care of people learn about people, learn how to talk to people, how to recognize people. And if you can do that, a lot of it will come naturally because you're not dealing with a name on a piece of paper. You're not dealing with a number on an accounting sheet. You were dealing with a human being. Yeah. And that just means you need to be able to talk to them. It means being vulnerable. I've used that word twice now, uh, but being open. But it also means putting yourself out there. Yeah. And the best thing people can do is just practice. Practice putting yourself out there. Networking events, in-person events. Don't attend it online if you can go in person. Get outside your comfort zone. If if you're feeling comfortable doing it, you're not going outside your comfort zone at all. You're not learning. You're not growing. 
So get that little uncomfortable feeling. Well, I don't like being in front of people. Well, then get in front of people. Well, I don't like networking events. There's people I don't know. Well, get in front of people you don't know. If it's, and go to the mall, walk around a lot of people, just get used to it. And then go and go to a, a happy hour. The geek meet was great. We had, right. we had the Cheers Tech Connect at ABTP now. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like people who don't know each other coming together for an We're adult all beverage. all and all introverts. <laughs> and just learning how to relax and be around people. Mm. Because the, that's the key to your growth and your, your career is that networking. Because it's not always that resume. It's who you know because they know who you are as a person. And that's why... Who you know is what gets you hired more than what that piece of paper says all the time, especially Absolutely. in the senior roles in your career. So let's shift a little bit because, you know, in our careers over the decades, there's ups, there's downs. What was a particularly low point in your career and any lessons or advice you'd share from it? Okay. The... Well, my transition phase was 16 months. Mm. I was coming off a CIO role from a, a turnaround of a formerly publicly traded global company. Went through bankruptcy, sold off the international assets, and they were they were a practice management firm. So they own all these offices in, around the world. Well, hedge fund bought them out of bankruptcy. They were banned from owning a practice for, for seven years. So they had to learn how to be a service company, and that's when I came in. And so it was an interesting seven-year period. Because uh, hedge funds pull money out of company for their investors, and after their investment period's over, if there's anything left in the company, they sell it off. They're usually just the assets. Well, we grew the company, right. and we were profitable. So after the, the period, they said, hey, we can just sell the company and make money. But that took a couple of years. Then new management company came in, and they took another year with an interim CEO to, to, to get that going. And I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this firm. Only to, to find out that, hey, the new CEO that he finally hired um, replaced me with his son's college roommate because, hey, he needed a job. Mm. So that was hard. You put all this Painful money. reality. Yeah. You, you build it. You turn it around this company. You, you, you feel real proud of what you did only to say, well, now you're out of here. And I was unprepared for it. I, I let my network atrophy. I didn't keep in touch with my old contacts. I, I just was starting from ground zero and in, in a time in which the world really changed over that seven-year period. It's, let's face it, today, seven years is a long time to be in one place without learning those transition skills. So I had to start all over again. And that, I made a lot of mistakes. And it was tough. And so whenever I see someone who asks me, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Well, I recognize the same mistakes I did. It's like, well, here's what I learned. Here's what I did and here's what I found was wrong. But here's what, what I learned to get out of it and how to change my track. So although those 16 months was a really hard time for me, it was part of the biggest learning period of my entire career because I really learned not just reinforce my technology skills, but my leadership skills. What do I really know about people? Because that was 16 months of pure people skills, transitioning, networking, learning how to how to myself out there, learning how to be vulnerable again. Because when you're somewhere for five, six, seven years, you you know what's going on. You're not vulnerable anymore because you know what's going on. You're not putting yourself out there anymore because you're, well, everything's done. Copy soul. I can't do anything anymore. So Toby, walk me through that month one after, at the beginning of your transition, right? Your career transition. How did that feel? And I asked that because 
I know sometimes the technology professionals that are watching this and listening to this, they want to know that they're not alone in feeling those feelings that you get when you're let go. And these days, there's a whole bunch of technology companies, Google, uh, Microsoft, Salesforce that have let go of a lot of people as they kind of, you know, do a whole reevaluation. What did it feel like in that month one? Well, it was that whole roller coaster of emotions. You know, the not the denial, the anger, the hate, the despair, the the loneliness, that is just the feeling that you're not worthy. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did they get rid of me? They kept these people. Why are these people getting jobs and I'm not getting jobs? And the challenge is when you're job searching, you tend to sit in your home on your computer looking at jobs, doing things and not getting out there and realizing you're not alone. You are one of just hundreds of thousands of people in the exact same industry, usually all across the country, all vying for the same handful of jobs. And the challenge is you need to find a way to make yourself seen above. And that means getting out of that box, out of your comfort zone. But it's hard because when you're down, you're depressed, it feels like someone hits you in the gut. That first Monday comes around and you wake up and you I don't have to get, get up and go to work. But I kept getting up and kept getting ready. And at 16 months, I got up every morning. I showered. I got ready. I, and I made my job finding a job. And, and that was me. I was self-employed to find a job. And you just have to get on that schedule and keep yourself motivated because no one else is going to do it for you. And your significant other is going to help. Uh, your friends might encourage you. But eventually, you know, they're going to keep encouraging you, but they're not going to be there to say, okay, did you apply for that role that you say? Did you go ahead and update your resume? Did you do it for the umpteenth time? I know you're tired of it, but you still have to do it. So you have to self-motivate. And the best way to do that is just keep on your schedule. Keep it going. And don't let your emotion get in your way. You are your own worst enemy in that first month. That's great advice. And now moving forward, you've kind of made it a passion of yours to give back to the community. You're the president of the Association of Business Technology Professionals. And you also do a lot with the local colleges. Tell us about that and how you're taking this skills and advice now and paying it forward. Oh, love this topic. I want to pause real quick here and give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, CG Infinity. I've worked with them for several years now, and I can truly say that they have one of the best workplace cultures that I've ever experienced. And they specialize in a variety of industries, especially energy, utilities, and financial services. And they serve them through their Salesforce, cloud, as well as customer experience services. So thank you, CG Infinity and I hope you'll support them as they have supported us here at the podcast. Um, I grew in my career because someone believed in me and put themselves out to, to guide me and mentor me. And a lot of people just need that guidance, that support, and that little direction to get them going the right way. And sometimes it's just a little push. Sometimes it's a whole lot of talking and education. But uh, at ABTP, we're all about your technology career from the beginning of inception of your career through retirement and how you give back to the next generation. So that's really makes, makes us unique in this regard. But um, on the entry side, uh, COVID, just like in all associations, really cut our membership down. We're just now starting to grow again and putting things back to the point in which 
we're again building that scholarship fund so we can help identify that next generation moving forward who needs that bit of assistance, that little push to get them go in the right direction. Now, that's for their college career or their certification exam, whatever it might be. We really want to help them as much as we can because a lot of those kids kind of fall through the cracks yeah. in those dollars. And in today's society, like they don't know uh, what they don't, they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Let's face it, when you're 18, you think you know everything, but you really know nothing. You know? <laughs> so it's the, it's to my daughter. Oh, I tried with mine and I didn't do well with that one. So better luck for you. But the, the whole thing is we can help them, guide them by putting them around an environment of technology professionals in every part of their career so they can see what do they like, what don't they like, what do they really want to do, what do they find a passion for. Right. You always hear Steve Jobs say, you know, follow your passion. Well, that's good. But be realistic. Yeah. How are you going to get there and how are you going to pay for it? So you might be able to follow your passion as a sideline until you can find a way to pay for it and make a living from it. But until then, find something that you like to do that engages you. And if it's technology, great. Then find out what part of that works because there's lots of technology. So, uh, but we're taking it back beyond the college into the high schools. Uh, I've been a technical mentor for the, the Jackie Singley Academy for their Cyber Patriot Cybersecurity Competition, uh, which is really the crawl of a crawl, walk, run stage of, of learning. And as people think, oh, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. Well, you don't have to be. You just need to be able to follow the rules and think logically because the kids know nothing. Mm-hmm. And I pref- like this program a lot. Uh, we just finished season 15 earlier this year. Uh, I was a coach in season one and two when I was with the Civil Air Patrol. And just was a great program. It really is about taking kids, exposing them to technology. And they learn a lot about technology. They learn a lot about server management, engineering, networking as part of the security uh, training. But it's a way for them to change the cycle of poverty as well. Mm. Uh, the reason I like the Jackie Singley Academy is they pull from all over Irving, and two-thirds of Irving is lower socioeconomic. Yeah. And the challenge with that is you look at the poverty cycle is you do what you know. Like I was a military brat. I wanted to be in the military. And most kids in the military rats end up in the military because that's what they know. That's what they're familiar with. You do what you're surrounded with. You do what you see. So if that's what your father, your mother, your uncle, the guy down the street does, and that you think that's better than what your situation is, that's what you do because you know it. You see it. You have an example. Well, technology is great because it doesn't care where you came from. Yeah. It cares if you're willing to put the effort in to learn. And security is the, the big growth sector of technology right now. There's, everybody needs it. There's not enough security professionals which is where this whole program came from. Um, and Northrop Grumman was a big, big support founder of it because they needed a pipeline. But these kids, they get excited about learning. They, they see themselves grow over the six, eight months of the program each year. And, and we just finished fourth year at Singley. We put the program in there. We just finished year four. We're getting gearing up for year five. And some of those kids from year one are now in cybersecurity programs at UT, at A&M, uh, and, they're, and they're excited. And one of those kids is actually didn't go to college. He went straight on the certification path, and he now works at CityBank, I believe. That's awesome. And not only that, but ABTP also helps those in the middle of their career, kind of mid-level managers, directors, kind of get to that next level as well through the BTNG, Business Technology Networking Group. Because right? sometimes I, I do feel like sometimes that mid-level professional gets lost in the shuffle, right? And so tell us a bit about BTNG and how 
ABTP also kind of lifts up and does continuous learning and speakers for this kind of mid-level technology professionals as well. That's a great topic because yeah. uh, what makes us unique is that we do that. We support your entire career. And at some point, even like myself, we're going to even be in transition, either because it was our own choice, wasn't our choice, or we realize we need to get out of the toxic environment we're in and we need a different place. So uh, our transition networking group, we're kind of rebranding that. Um, we do a couple of things. And one, we, we hold, uh, we call Meet the Recruiter events every other month, every odd numbered month. The next one's in May, fourth, uh, fourth Tuesday in May, something to change based on location availability. But we, we um, basically bring in recruiters who have, who have roles. We, we open it up to anybody to come in. Uh, they're welcome. They just have to register up to the room capacity size. We actually had to cut her off last month, last month. Um, and the recruiters tell the group, what are they looking for? What kind of roles do they have? And that, that allows you to pick, okay, which recruiters do I want to spend my time with because of what I'm looking for? And they also provide advice about what they're seeing in the market, what's happening. And we, we hold this and we give them a free year of membership to help them with that so that they can continue to grow personally and professionally and, and have those networking opportunities um, to help them through the transition period because we're all going to be there. We all need the help and support. We're here to help and support. In fact, I sometimes feel like that's even harder being in that mid-level career and transition. It is. Because you almost have like certain expectations and you almost have to eat humble pie, right? Um, it, it's hard. Well, perspective. You know, I went from a CIO role to just like watching my bank account dwindle over 16 months. It's like, you know, I need a little something. want to keep me, keep me busy. And so I worked at Target. I was stocking laundry detergent at Target for 90 days until I got the land of the next role. But it was a good thing for me because it, it really allowed me to reconnect uh, from a different perspective. Uh, humility is a good thing. Vulnerability is a good thing. But understanding who you are as a person is an even better thing. And I like, like to bring that back to ABTP. Our, our transition group, that's great. We also, for we're not just CIOs or directors. We're not just entry level. We're in your entire career. So if you look at our membership, we have everybody across the entire spectrum. Yeah. From entry level college kids who are looking for going to their first jobs. In fact, uh, six, seven months ago, one of our transition events, we had a recent college graduate come in and get his first job for one of our events. So wow. real happy to see that. And he, he's been coming to meetings for a few months prior to that. So it was good to see that. But in that mid-level, and that's that odd thing where you go from the, the grunt worker, so to speak, you're the coder or the engineer or whatever else, now you're a manager and no one teaches you, no one shows you, and you're, you're expected to have the knowledge without knowing it. And then to that, that senior position, that director or VP or above, that gap in the middle is, that's the bell curve. Yeah. You know, that's the supervisor through junior director or whatever it might be. And so you need to learn. And so we have our networking, networking events. We have, after our transition group, we have our, our speaker events, of which you're you're actually hosting a panel of ours for Women yes. in Technology Company. Looking forward to it. And it's a chance for us to bring different technology subjects in front of the group so that they can not just know that their special niche of technology, am I a, a, a Python coder, am I a Java coder, am I a web developer, am I a chief marketing officer, am I a CIO, a CTO, am I a director of security, whatever it might be, but to better understand technology as you grow in your career, as you go up, you have to work with broader swaths of that technology. And so we expose them to 
different concepts, different technologies, different perspectives of technology. So they can grow pro professionally and personally to better prepare them for that mid-level, that senior level yeah. as they grow. And not just that, but we are relaunching our mentoring program. Ooh. So where we have those who've been there uh, who are willing to help guide and mentor the next generation who are saying, I want to get this job, but I don't know how to communicate. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how, or I need some advice. So we're, we want our members to help give back overall. And paying it forward. Paying it forward because you're not going to grow in your career if you're not going to help the next generation get there. So Toby, if you could give us maybe three leadership traits that you think is necessary to get from that mid-level management to the C-level executive level. You're a C-level executive now, Toby, but what were those kind of three leadership traits, you'd say, that can propel people from mid-level to the executive level? We talked about humility, humility, vulnerability a couple times already, but that's, that's just a key factor. You don't know everything. You'll never know everything. You have to be willing to say, I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. So, and that's the next key part is knowing who you are, of course, knowing who you are, what you know, what you don't, but willing to just let other people know that you don't know. Yeah. Because that's how you learn from the people you hire. That's why it's important for you to hire the best people you can possibly find because you don't know everything, but as a group, you will. So understanding that being humble enough and vulnerable enough to understand that, that it's not you, it's the team you build. They will make you look good if you allow them to be better than you are. And that's great. I love it when someone I hire, someone on the team does better than I do at something that I used to do. It's like, am I humiliated? Am I sad? Like, well, he's better. No, I'm excited because right. that's the next generation. That's the one coming up. So they will eventually be better than me is my hope. And if they think I'm doing great, well, watch this guy. Be humble, be vulnerable, let them come. And the next is get no out of voc the vocabulary. Mm. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Nope, can't do that, can't do this, can't do this. No one wants to work with someone who says no. Yeah. Yeah. And that negativity is not just, hey, we don't have the equipment to do it, or we don't have the funds to do it, we don't have the people to do it. It's like, okay, well, Here's the situation. We're not able to do that today, and here's why. But here's what we can do. Because the people you're working with are looking at you for a technology solution. So they have an idea. They're not telling you we have to do this. They're asking you for your, your advice. Give it to them. Give them an alternative. They don't understand your world. It's your job to understand and translate to non-technology yes. uh, professionals what you can and can't do and what you're able to do to help them move their goals forward. And the third thing ties right back to the first two, and that is know the business. Get your head out of technology. It's a business position, and you're supporting the business. Technology is one of the only thing departments of a company that works across every part of a company. No matter where it is, if it's the warehouse or packing or shipping or, or accounting or finance or HR, IT is one of the only things that reaches deep into each one to understand the process in order to build the systems and automations they want. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, you really have to understand how the business functions. So if you're humble, you're vulnerable, you're willing to understand that no is not a good answer, you have to come up with solutions and alternatives, and you really know the business. They'll, give, they'll show that you're, you're valuable to the organization. 
And that's how you're going to move up. So the show is called Tech Legacies. So for you, Toby, as you pay things forward, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? And how do you want people to remember you and to think of you? That's a good one. And uh, I think legacy is I want to leave behind leaders that are better than I am, that learn that not to make the mistakes I did and hopefully don't make some of the same stumbles I did. You'll always learn from your mistakes and your stumbles, but if you can, if I can pass on some knowledge so they don't make those stumbles, they'll make other stumbles. But hopefully that continuing building of knowledge that pass on to the next generation will make this legacy bigger and bigger and bigger. And if my name is never mentioned, that's fine. As long as that, that legacy of improved leadership keeps going, that's really what I want the legacy to be. It's not about me. It's about them. I can only do what I can do when I'm here. When I'm gone, I'm gone. It's all about the people who are here next. So the legacy is really about who's next and are they continuing that? Are they continuing to build good leaders? Are they continuing to build good people? I love it. So there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and advice and lessons with us, Toby. And for those of you out there, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also subscribe to our podcasts as we share more lessons and tips and advice from technology executives and leaders. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Toby, for your time. I so appreciate it and some really, really amazing advice. Thank you for having me, Fanny. At Tech Legacies, we're all about helping technology professionals grow and succeed in their careers by sharing the advice of top technology executives. If you're looking to take your career to the next level and become a technology executive yourself, we have an exciting program to tell you about. It's called the Tech CXO Excellence Program by Tech CXO Launchpad, and they are our partners. They're offering an immersive, multimodal program developed and taught by current and former CIOs and CTOs who are passionate about building the next generation of C-suite technology executives. And you'll experience a full immersion into the C-suite world and also get to collaborate, network, and experience capstone-style projects with other professionals. And this is all while benefiting from face-to-face -face interactions in person with industry guest speakers. It is exclusively for a new level of C-suite executives and C-level direct reports and second directs who are earmarked for succession planning and career growth. To join their waitlist, register your interests at www.techcxolaunchpad.com. That's techcxolaunchpad.com. This program has everything you need to take your career to the next level.